Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. In the studio this morning, we have Tucson Police Officer Dana Davis Richardson. That sounds very royal. Are you royalty? I'm not royalty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long name. But if you want to give me royalties, I'll Okay, take you'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Detective Carlos. Carlos? Aguilar. Aguilar. I, I, always, I always screwed up. And Mahmoud is here, and full disclosure, we have Mahmoud as a part of our board. We do. And he's representing um, the Islamic Center yeah. and some of the things that have happened there lately. Uh, who wants to start? Where, where we, should we start? Dana, yeah. what's the difference between bias and a hate crime? Well, bias is just, you know, everybody's bias. We all have different biases. Um, you know, if I want to simplify it, some people prefer to drink Gatorade over, you know, Coke or something, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. You know, some people like red versus green, you know. Um, and so a bias is just someone's personal preference when it comes to whatever we're talking about. Um, as far as hate crimes, <clears throat> excuse me, that's when someone takes it, you know, to another step, to, to a different level and acts out based on whatever bias or discrimination that they have towards a particular group or person. So, so I know recently there was a situation as, at the Islamic Center. Can you tell us about that, Mahmoud? Yeah, so, um, you know, there was a, a, a situation where uh, early in the morning, um, we've got the morning prayer right, right at the crack of dawn. And as people were, were coming in, people like to pray at the actual mosque. Um, they, they noticed a car in the parking lot that seemed kind of weird, people standing around it. Um, so as people pulled in, they kind of just, you know, looked at them and, and they didn't like that very much. Um, and, um, you know, kind of conversation of, you know, what are you looking at type of type of deal. And that, that immediately... Struck an attitude right exactly. away. Exactly. One okay. thing led to another. Um, you know, they they uh, became belligerent and, and you know at, at, attacked the the two individuals that were there. Uh, barricaded themselves into the building, um, and then um, you know that that didn't stop them. They found what was around a chair, a rock, and and you know the people who were attacking. Yeah, yeah, and and tried to, to get at them. So they property damage. Property damage. Yeah, and and one of the one of the the, the victims. Um, got struck in the eye oh yeah so it was it was an unfortunate situation so what happened with these people do they do the, i remember what when i met you yeah when i met you it was a situation where there were some college kids who weren't too bright yeah they should have gotten their money back for that tuition right <laughs> they didn't learn a thing <laughs> and you know it was a situation where they were just doing stupid things and were told you know don't be so yeah. stupid next time so what happened this time? Were they arrested, um, or do you know? I don't know. I mean, I'll. Okay. I'll, I'll that, let, well, that's still that's still an active case. So we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, we can't talk about details. It's still it's still uh, actively being investigated. Um, but what what I can say is, if anybody does have uh, information about who the suspects are, um, that will definitely be uh, beneficial in the case, and they need to contact the Tucson Police Department to assist us with that. And if they don't want to get involved, involved, but they have information, call 88 Crime. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a simple process. I, I did it myself. Yeah. You know, use 88 Crime. And it's a P3 app you put on your telephone. It's just one, two, three. You can help the police and get some bad actors off the street. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, th- th- that's a case that definitely needs some closure to it for sure. So, and there was, there was a media release on it, so they should be able to find it online pictures, the stills photos of the suspects that were in there. So if they're looking for context, looking, okay, how can I get involved? Maybe I do know these people. Uh, I know TPD posted it on our Facebook page and I know there was, you know, I don't know if it was channel four or channel nine, whichever one did it, but I mean, they can search through that history and find those pictures. Now, are any of these pictures on the 88 crime wanted, or is that a separate thing, or do we know? I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure. We'd have to talk to our PIO at that point, because I know they normally forward it, but I can't guarantee you that it's there. Okay. All right, because everybody needs to help. (laughs) You know, it takes a village. We need help. And if you don't want to be totally involved, but you want to give the information, use that 88 crime number. It's... It's awesome to be able to. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, one thing I'll add is that, um, you know, the the I was formerly on the board of the Song Center in Tucson, and I know that the current board and, uh, you know, they had worked with TPD, and, and they've, they've got those pictures out there, and they've done a good job of communicating. And, um, you know, I, I know that a lot of the community has been uh, extremely kind, and, and um, you know, we're, we're Tucson such a wonderful community um, where I would say, 99.9% of the population is is really welcoming and, and understanding. Yeah, and it, you know, open your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Close your mouth, open your ears, you'll learn something. Yes. And most people are really good people. Every once in a while you run across somebody who's yeah. acting bad at that hour of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't go home yeah. from the night before. Who For knows? Sure. For sure. So tell me about your job. I mean, this is a special unit. What do you guys do? So uh, we do actually a handful of different things. Like we, we're kind of like the, the I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, we wear many, 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 many hats within the department. But So they have a trash for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but some of our, at least uh, some of our major functions are we do a lot of outreach when it comes to educating, um, you know, uh, reference hate crimes, like what a hate crime is, because a lot of it is educating and then people get an understanding and um, building trust uh, for different groups and uh, um, encouraging those groups to come forward to us and just uh, just have that working relationship because like you said, this is a community, it takes a village. And uh, without that, sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're left with, if we don't have evidence, then just question marks. So, um, so it's a lot of educating. Um, that way there is an understanding, building that trust and encouraging people to come to us. Um, hate crimes, we investigate the hate crimes. Um, we do a lot of, um, um, you know, surveillance and different things on targeting uh, major offenders, uh, people out there doing really, really bad stuff. We have liquor licensing that we that we do. Uh, am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting a lot of things, Carlos, but our youth outreach program. Yeah, our youth outreach program. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, like he said, surveillance. A lot of our surveillance equipment or technical equipment, uh, cameras, things like that, that, that we need to kind of work on, things that people may, may need some help on. Uh, and just to touch one on Dana said as well, um, really educating the public on how we investigate a lot of these crimes is very, very crucial uh, because we never want to feel, we never want the public to feel that we're not taking their case seriously. There are just certain elements that need to come up and that we need to find to either continue with that investigation or to treat it as either a hate crime or a biased crime. So at that point, we do want to educate them so that they know, they feel comfortable in saying, well, last time I 
you know, reported something, it wasn't taken seriously. No, it wasn't that it wasn't taken seriously. It just didn't meet certain elements, but continue to report because every crime is different. I mean, no matter what, uh, you know, we both did patrol at one point and you never went to the same call. Even if it was domestic violence, every call was different. So every situation is going to be different. Every, every, every reporting is going to be different. Correct. Let's give them an example. If you're at a, a football game and you're rooting for your team and the person next to you is rooting for their team, that's just a bias. You're, you're, but if you turn around and punch that person, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily a hate crime because you're just, you know, being stupid. Right. Correct. And so what constitutes a hate crime? Well, you know, um, so basically if you, whatever, whatever your um, criminal act is towards a person, if it, let's say for instance, you go and um, you know that there's a black or African-American family that lives next to you and all of a sudden you're going out of your way to, um, you know, point out the fact that they're black or African-American and it becomes a point where uh, whatever your actions are, whether it's disorderly conduct, uh, you know, disturbing their peace, or you decide to damage their car, or whatever you're doing, um, if we, if you're doing that because of the fact that they are black or African American, then that's where you start straddling that line of um, of a hate crime. Uh, you know, your actions have to be, you know, if it's out of malice or whatever for that person's race, gender, uh, religious beliefs, um, gender identity, think all of those things. Um, and that's where we have those elements and we could pursue it as a hate crime. Yeah, I was just going to say churches. It seems like people people are getting goofy about different churches too. I don't like your church, so I'm going to torch it or, you know, what's the matter with you? Right, right, right. <laughs> you raised by wolves? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So in elections, have you guys had any situation where, you know, election officials are being threatened a lot? Has any of that happened here in Tucson? We, we we would get quite a bit um, of complaints coming from, especially around the times of the elections, because everybody's sensitive to a lot of different things. And so, um, it, you know, reports of disturbances around, uh, um, you know, officials' offices and different things like that. Uh, we, we did have those those things um, so here in Tucson. Yeah, I, I was an election official. I was um election judge. And... The worst thing that ever happened was people would, with their pamphlets, cross that line that, you know, you have to stay so many mm-hmm. feet away. Now it's just out of control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, it's like going to an HOA meeting. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to voice their opinion at this yeah, point. Everybody yeah. feels like, hey, I have a platform because of social media, so everybody wants to put their two cents in it. Uh, I was on the news, and they were talking about um, a lady at a school council meeting or board meeting, whatever it was, threatening to bring a gun and take care of everybody because her kid wasn't going to wear a mask. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I saw that. And, and you know, the, the, the mother was saying that she would bring every firearm she owns, you know, yeah. to And it's unfortunate that it has to, like, you know, get to this level of, of dispute. So. Yeah, Maybe you got to think about if they have children watching <laughs> that kind of conduct. It's like, what what kind of example is that right. setting? Absolutely. What are you teaching your kids? Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like she she probably dropped out of charm school too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't have a lot of that going on here in Tucson, though, do we? It, we, I mean, 
we do have a, a separate unit that uh, deals with school threats, uh, but we haven't seen it to that level, not to the level where, you know, the media is involved in actually catching on to this. A, a lot of it is simple, you know, school kid age stuff that they're, yeah. you know, hey, we're going to take down all the soap dispensers at this school. And <laughs> yeah. you'd be surprised some yeah. of the Something things that these critical. challenges that these kids are yeah. doing nowadays. But um, we haven't seen it to that level. It, it hasn't risen there, but obviously, you know, copycat systems and you know once you see it on the news all of a sudden you start getting those little copycat ideologies from people so i'd um, like to think tucson's smarter than that i, I hope so but i, I like to think what? so as well i don't i don't know i used to work for the chicago police long time ago and we were told when a certain movie would come out or a certain topic of a movie would come out we were ordered to go see it wow. because what they see on tv or in the movies they're gonna do yeah and they do and it's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think so, so with, in the schools, um, just to piggyback off of that, a lot of the social media stuff, kids are doing things, repeating things, and a lot of it is just bullying behavior. Um, or we get like, you know, there's a test coming up or something like that, and someone decides to, to write something uh, cryptic on, you know, in a bathroom stall or something, and then all of a sudden... Um, it disrupts the school, you know. They're, they don't want to take the test because <laughs> exactly. they didn't that's, study. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's one heck of a way to get out of a test, though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's above and beyond, for sure. Yeah. So. so when you have a situation like that, it's a little kid, do you just sit them down and have a, a chat with them, or do you lock them up? What do you do with them? It kind of depends on... Uh, every situation is different. And again, even with the hate crime, the bias crime, you're trying to find certain elements of the crime. and. Right. A big thing is what was their intent. If they knew what their intent was, it was like to maliciously do something, to maliciously disturb the school because we find out, well, yeah, they had a test, they hadn't studied. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, most of yeah. those kids are going to get paper referred back to their... They're arrested. They're just paper referred back to the parent. They said, we're going to show up in court and deal with all the things that we need to deal with. Um, so something like that that isn't violent or isn't at least a huge threat of violence. I mean, if you see something different, a... <coughs> we're going to blow up the school, you know, I'm bringing a gun to school tomorrow. That'll be handled a little bit differently. But again, you're, you're trying to prove all those elements. And the key part of it is just that person's, the, the mindset of that person and what their intention was. You know, picking back off of that. So, so <coughs> that's a lot of, you know, situations that I have to deal with, like certain community members that I work with is understanding the intention of the person that commits a certain crime. <coughs> right. If, and, and a lot of times certain people will say, you know, why wasn't this classified as a as a hate crime? Well, if they haven't caught that individual, how do they know what, exactly what his intention right. is? Correct. Um, and and <clears throat> that's a lot of educating that needs to be done to the community is you have to prove certain elements, certain, you know, the malicious intent behind <laughs> a certain idea before you can classify it as anything. Um, so, I mean, th I don't know if that's a part of the education that, that you guys do. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we need a, objective evidence. You yeah. know, we need, like you said, if we don't have a suspect in hand, then unless we have something that jumps out to us that's obvious, like this took place around a certain holiday or this person is overtly, um, you know, living a particular li type of lifestyle yeah. or, or whatever, you know, um, we can't we can't necessarily say that you know that person's intent was because of this that or the other yeah so. i mean it, you know if, if two people get into an argument but one happens to be muslim or jewish you know that that doesn't necessarily mean that was the reason why right. these two correct. got into it right correct it wasn't thought out 
beforehand. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It was just, you know, there was a personal dispute related to, to football, but, you know, it, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, until, you know, to that point, you, you, you know, you have that conversation with that person or, or there's evidence, you can't really prove that. Right? Correct. If it, yeah. If it's listed on your to-do list, then, you know, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the, the, uh, the cases that we end up with just are just bias incidents where, yeah. like, like you mentioned at the start of the show, just people just have two different opposing views and, um, in the heat of conflict, one person says something like, like hate speech or something hateful. Um, but ultimately when we get down to the bottom of it and talk to them, they're like, no, I just, you know, I was upset at the, at the time. And that's what, that's what came out of my mouth, you know, spouted off Correct. without thinking. So, and that happens a lot. Right. People we, need- we find the most hurtful thing to say to somebody and we spout it out because we're so upset. We want that person just as upset as we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to get under your skin as much as you got under mine. And that's what we try to get, to, get to people. It's like, okay, well, this is, you know, this may be why this happened. We, this is the education portion of it where, um, hey, this may be, there may be more to it. Obviously, you know, you, you take a look at the person's background. Is this the first time they've ever done it? it? You know, that's what the investigation will end up leading to. And you're like, you know, this isn't the first time you've done this. This isn't the first time you've said this. This isn't the first time you've written this. You know, now we're, we're going We've down a different a avenue. Pattern. And that's why it's so important, like Carlos mentioned earlier, for people to, um, to, you know, to uh, report these incidences because it gives us that historical stuff to look back yeah. on and say, okay, well, you're saying that this was just hate speech, but but what happened on this date? Why did this come up? Why is this coming up so much with you? You know, so, so for, for my own education, because I don't know the answer to this, you know, let's say two individuals are try- are fighting for a parking spot, and then one of them gets it, and then they get into an argument, right? And then one of them says some some hateful remark towards their race or you know if they're obviously one religion um and it gets physical is that considered a hate crime because it's not that wasn't the the reason that they got into a to a to a dispute. that's like a spur of the moment yeah thing. yeah see what i'm saying so i'm yeah. i would say i would say it at a uh, face value that's not going to be um classified as a, as a hate crime now okay. if you know these two particular individuals continue and they go into the store and this person persists with saying a lot of hateful stuff about it, then, you know, we got to look at that like, okay, well, we understand you were upset. You might've said something that was on choice, but why, why do you continue to say this? There must be something, you know, maybe there's something else, uh, you know, with that, that comes with that. So seek counseling. Yes. Correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Absolutely. Meet a lot of people. They're a case for the couch. Okay. I read in the paper that, um, what uh, San Jose City Council is recommending that people who own guns should buy liability insurance. Do you think that's going to change anything? You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to change uh, much in the terms of uh, how people, you know, people who are gun activists, people who enjoy having their guns, That it's not going to change for them. I mean, they may yeah, it's going to hurt their pocketbook a little bit, but it's not going to keep them from owning a gun. Uh, now, the people that are on the fence, they may like, hey, it's an extra expense. Do I really want to do this? And just the word insurance may just scare them off completely. But I, I mean, for the most part, I don't think it'll change. Uh, it'll be an extra revenue stream for, you know, the state of California or at least the city of San Jose for a minute. But I was just wondering, do you think it's going to spread across the country? Everybody, if you own a gun, you have to have insurance. That's tough to say. I mean, you have uh, states like uh, Texas, like Arizona. Arizona is an open carry state. Uh, I 
I wouldn't be surprised. I hope it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised either. I think I think it's going to present obviously an extra financial hurdle, but for a responsible gun owner, um, I, I don't I don't think that's going to stop them from owning a gun. <laughs> I can't imagine how expensive it would be, and how do you how do you adjust the rates? How do you figure that out? on the type of gun on the you know, right, yeah. you know the person's background i don't know it, it just i saw that and i thought gee that's that's interesting but back to hate crimes when or biases i think most biases you find on a sporting event where people are cheering for different teams you know whatever um do you get more calls to churches or you know schools do you get more calls in one area over another area um i feel like lately we've we've there's been a lot more incidents uh, taking places at churches or places of religious or worship and um it, a lot of it's just criminal damage stuff you know we haven't had or, or yeah criminal damage from the standpoint of sorry <clears throat> of um spray paint or you know, someone breaking a window or doing something like that. Um, we have had some closures with some of those cases, and some of it is just, you know, like a homeless person in the area, uh, you know, that may have some mental issues that decided to, you know, in addition to uh, sleeping on the premises or something to damage the, the, uh, the property. We had a situation, and I know this is an active thing too, but one of the schools or I guess a couple of the yeah, schools, two schools. Was, yeah. two schools was heavily damaged. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think they've done, found who did it, but what the heck? Why Why are you attacking these schools? Yeah. My, my understanding is there was an arrest or two arrests made in that. Um, I'm not sure of any details beyond that, though. And that's just coming from the media release. I haven't spoken to those guys on the east side. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe the amount of damage that was done. And it's like, what was your intention? It'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. And, you know, one thing that people don't realize is for schools and, and houses of worship, I mean, they're on very limited budgets. Yes. So, so you know, when, when something happens, like for one of those schools, they, they, they you know, torched the, the, the vans that they had and the other school broke like over 20 windows, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the budgets are already tight as they are. Um, you know, most, you know, when it comes to churches and, and places of worship, they typically run off donations. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's 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 really heartbreaking when these type of situations happen, because it's 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 unexpected. They weren't planning to to have to shell out you know thousands of dollars for repairs. Well, if if they caught the people who did it, part of their punishment should be go fix it. Yeah, and the, hammer and, they do. and windows <laughs> fix it. Right, and I know they a lot of times they attach onto a restitution, but uh, most of these. People didn't have a job to begin with, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with yeah. you. Hey, put them to work. Then at yeah. that point, they can start. <laughs> they can start putting up windows and learning at least to trade. Learning how to do it yep. exactly. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. Thanks for staying with us. Our guests today are TPD Officer Dana Richardson, Detective Carlos Mahmoud is here, and on the phone we have Supervisory Special Agent with the FBI, Kyle Roberts. Are you, can you hear me? I'm here. Good morning. Shelley. Good morning. Good morning. Tucson PD. Good morning. Good morning. So I know we, we covered a lot of what happens locally. What happens on the federal level when, when you get situations like this? 
And you're talking about with hate crimes, Shelley? With hate crimes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we see a lot of what, um, you know, you see here in Arizona. Um, I've had the opportunity to spend some time in Washington, D.C. and kind of see nationwide um, kind of the hate crime um, element uh, throughout the different states. And it really does vary from state to state. But often what you'll see is kind of what Tucson PD was talking about is you'll have uh, localized hate crime incidents that can vary. Um, And they're so fact specific, right? I know they talked earlier about the parking spot scenario, right? And these altercations can lead to so many different scenarios. Um, But in general, you know, law enforcement is actively reviewing these. And a lot of these scenarios, it really takes a bunch of people getting into a room to figure out was this uh, motivated by bias or not. And it, it, some can be very difficult, uh, but in general, the locals and the FBI uh, are doing a really good job working together to leverage both the state hate crime laws that are out there as well as the federal hate crime laws. And I'm glad to touch on those uh, a little bit later, if you'd like. Yeah, no, we want to learn what's happening. It just seems like things are becoming more violent instead of calm. <laughs> you know, it used to be like right. everybody was, what happened to live and let live? <laughs> yes. it, people are riled up, and I don't know what's causing this. So, Well, and you but, all hit on it earlier, but a big uh, proponent of this is social media. I mean, if you look at the last 10 to 15 years, the progression in social media where there's all these different apps and platforms, um, some in the dark web that are a little bit harder uh, to discover, um, but that is that is really building up a lot of anger uh, amongst a lot of people, and I think that's a big component uh, of it. So, so they can advertise actually almost anonymously and yeah. get their message out there and exactly. for and misinformation. Like a lot of what what has happened now is the things that people wouldn't say in person. They can hide behind an avatar, or a, a Twitter handle or whatever, say what they want to say because they're anonymous to most people. I mean, sure, there's going to be a, a few people who know who that is. But for the majority of the country, when they see that, they'll, they'll get angry at it, but they don't know who that person is. So that person just throws their opinion out there, uh, throws their feelings, what, whatever, and they can do it anonymously, basically. And then it catches like wildfire. And all of a sudden you, got, you have, like you said, all these avatars going at it, you know about a particular topic and, and, you know, and then it spills over into, uh, you know, the media, the news and, and on our streets and in schools and whatnot. So I wonder how much of this is actually generated by misinformation. People are being fed propaganda and believing it and turning it into a situation. Do you, um, Kyle, do you have situations like that where people are just so convinced something's true and it's really not? Absolutely, and it's it's not just within hate crimes. It's really against, uh, I mean, all violations that law enforcement is working right now. So, absolutely. Well, it's it's kind of sad, and there's no real way of going after the people who are posting that because you don't know where they are. Right. Or do you? Are you? It's the FBI. They're not going to tell us. <laughs> I think it's well, hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, and if it's if it is misinformation, that's not illegal. Right. That's yeah. not something that the FBI or law enforcement can yeah. look into. Right. We can't investigate somebody 
solely based upon First Amendment rights. So yeah. you can, you can put out misinformation, and there's nothing illegal about it. That's really sad, and I know um, Russia and China they're they're doing their thing and and spreading misinformation, and a lot of people are falling for it, and it's creating the big divide. Right, and it's too bad because. We used to be united. <laughs> yes. What happened? What happened? So how do you how do you educate people when when you come across a situation where they've fallen for the misinformation? How do you educate them to uh, let them know what they're thinking was just propaganda, you know, put out on the internet? Right. Well, we I mean we will do that through public affairs, or our director will put that out, or. Um, the special agents in charge of the field offices, and it does come out. Um, the most common occurrence probably is during the elections, right, when people put out misinformation about the election process, about days in which you can vote, which may be inaccurate, um, things like that. So we will put out uh, bulletins or the the factual information to make sure the public is aware of what the true facts are. So, I mean, that, and generally that's what we do. So when somebody's on the Internet and they're reading all this information, how do they determine, okay, this is from a credible source and this is from, you know, some 30-year-old sitting in his mother's basement just <laughs> spewing propaganda? You know, I'm not sure I even know the answer to that question. What I would say is probably if you come across information that you're not sure whether or not it is or isn't true, then... I would say rely upon those closest to you um, to get their opinions and see what uh, what their thoughts are on that. Other than that, I, it's some of it can be very difficult. But um, if you don't know the source of the information, you're not confident in it. Then I would be hesitant to truly rely on that info. To believe it, yeah. And I, yeah. I was watching a, a show. They were talking about you know news anchors now. You get in getting a degree in journalism. To be a news anchor, how do you sort out fact from fiction? It's not easy. Oh, right. it's, it's just, you know, and, and you're supposed to be the credible <laughs> source. So your due diligence is, is a lot more stringent than, you know, right. mine would be. I'm I'm not a news journalist. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, are, what do people do if they find themselves in a situation where, you know, they've got information and they know it's baloney, and they know who's spewing it. Can they report that person? Well, it depends. Again, it, they can report anything that they'd like, right? So if somebody reports information to the FBI that is, is based upon untruthful, again, that's not a crime. So that's not something that the FBI is going to look to, into unless there is some type of criminal nexus to it, some violation of a statute. Again, I think Tucson PD hit it on it earlier. When we look at these statutes, we have to prove the elements of a crime. And if we don't even have the ability to investigate a crime, then the FBI is not is, is not something that, that they're going to look into on that. So it's it's difficult. <laughs> you have to meet certain criteria before you can say it's it's actually a crime. Yes. So you can Yeah, so right. I mean the constitution is essentially built upon right the first amendment protections. Those protections protect you from uh not citizens, right, but from the government. So I being an agent of the government 
cannot investigate somebody solely based upon the First Amendment. And it's it's a fine line, freedom of speech and and you know spewing hate. It, yeah, there's absolutely a fine line. Now, if like once again, if they're targeting a particular group or individual over and over, going out of their way and, and going above and beyond to target this group, um, and we can prove that that's the case, then then there you go. That's you know then they've crossed that line. And there's a lot of. Uh, you know, incidents that kind of straddle that line of harassment, too. And so um, that that's another statute that we can use depending on, um, you know, what's going on in the case. So We're getting feedback. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so if you, um, Kyle, if you had situations, because I know you're up in Phoenix, so it's a little bit of a different atmosphere, almost like a foreign country, actually. <laughs> the... Um, the situation up there, we've had a couple of schools down here attacked. We've had, uh, you know, election officials threatened. Do you have situations up there that are as bad as that? Do you have schools being um, not just attacked? They did some credible damage to the school and vehicles in front of the school. Do you have situations like that or do they pretty much leave the schools alone? So my, my squad is kind of specific on certain violations, so I'm not, I don't have much knowledge in that. Um, I can tell you we are, I mean, we are, as the FBI, I mean, you mentioned we are actively working threats towards election administrators. Um, but as, as far as school specifically, I, I don't have much knowledge in that. Sorry. Okay. I was just wondering if people up there were behaving. <laughs> you know, down here, there's a few of them that aren't. But... In, in churches, there's a um, issue with people being very biased about their churches. My church is better than your church situation. <laughs> HOAs, I can almost understand. <laughs> it's like, so tell me, how long have you been in the FBI and, and what is your, your focus? Yeah, so I, I joined the FBI in 2010. And um, so since then, I've been to a couple different offices. Um, Primarily, uh, most of my work has been focused on the criminal side, which is uh, primarily public corruption, civil rights, um, some white-collar crime. And then currently, I'm the supervisor of the squad in Phoenix that covers civil rights, um, which is generally um, hate crimes or, at, at times as well, just law enforcement misconduct. So that's kind of what my squad covers. So when you're talking about civil rights and in researching and putting some stuff together for this show, I, I just did some research and I saw an article about the KKK. I didn't know they were still around. <laughs> you know, I, it's not my world. <clears throat> Do we have a, a issue with the KKK in Arizona? So, I mean, I couldn't talk about that specifically just okay. because that would be, that would could potentially be ongoing. Um, oh, Okay. Well, we don't want to talk uh, about it. No, you know, I'm not saying it is. I just can't either confirm or deny. But um, you know, in general, that yeah, that organization is not what it what it used to be. But to say whether or not it is or or isn't still in existence or has an impact, I just I wouldn't be able to say. Yeah, I thought it was history, but apparently not in Vermont. So <laughs> it's like so many things have come up lately with you know the news and the misinformation and everything that's going on. 
it's just really hard to believe some of this stuff is even happening right. like what happened at the church what happened at the the islamic center uh election officials being targeted and like i said i i used to be an election official i don't know i never was treated that way we're in a different time and how do we fix this how do we educate people and calm everybody down honestly i think a, a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> people not being so self-centered. And I think, unfortunately, because of social media, um, we society, or at least the generation that's using social media so much, has become self-centered. They're wanting the likes, they're wanting, you know, they're put, posting pictures, they want that attention. So all of a sudden, you do things for a little more attention. All of a sudden, your threats are becoming a little bit uh, more hateful. Uh, they're becoming a little more aggressive. So at that point, people are just kind of taking the ball rolling with it. It's like, well, I can one-up that person. I'll get that attention now all of a sudden. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. It's not everything. It's not the end-all, be-all. But I do think that a lot of it has to be, hey, look out for your fellow man, your, your, you know, your fellow classmates, your fellow coworkers. And, you know, a lot of it is what's good for everybody at, at that point, not just what's good for you and only you. Yeah. You and know, Go ahead. One thing that I'll add is... is you know, I, I work with a lot of youth, and one thing that, that you'll realize is people don't realize how hurtful it is because when you're doing it on a on social media, you're behind a keyboard or yeah. behind a screen, right? You're hidden. So, so, so just because you're not, you know, eye to eye with that individual does not mean it does not hurt, does not yeah. mean it's not, you know, uh, um, something that is is constituted. Can that be considered as a hate crime if, if, if you are in social media constantly attacking you know, individuals um, for a particular background, race, whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, just because it's over uh, on social media doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that all of a sudden we can uh, we don't have grounds to to yeah. investigate that as a hate crime or yeah. it doesn't rise to that level. We just have to figure out who it is. Absolutely. And like she said before, it's it's uh, pretty difficult yeah. sometimes. And, and and you know, again, it's 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 that that protection screen, right? You're sitting there, you're typing, you don't realize exactly what you're doing and how harmful it can be. Right. I feel like there's there's also just a culture of, um, like Carlos pointed out earlier, you know, people are sitting sitting at home, it's anonymous, um, they're looking for likes and, and um, you know, things like that to be trending on social media, um, you know, like YouTube. For instance, a lot of people are wanting the likes and different things and I guess, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but the more likes and, and different things you get, you know, that can become lucrative to a person. Yeah. And so they don't necessarily think about the content they're putting out or, or the actions that they're, they're taking. They're just looking for those, you know, those likes and that. Um, yeah, the amount of followers they have, obviously, the, from, what I've, from what I've been able to research, obviously, the more followers you have, the, the more that, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, uh, they pay you out more because obviously people are following you for the content that you're putting out. Wait a minute. People pay you to be on Facebook? I, I don't know about Facebook. I, I know on uh, YouTubers are paid by the amount of followers they have because then they follow it up with ads. Yeah. So if you have more followers, they're going to charge those advertisers more money so you actually get paid for your content yeah. that you put out there. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, we're all in the wrong <laughs> yes, business. We are. <laughs> but Sherry, also I wanted to just add um, respect when you were saying earlier, um, you know, what can we do or what's, yeah. what's the fix? I think if people just take a step back and respect one another's, you know, differences, um, 
you know, that, that'll go a long way in a lot of these situations. So live and let live. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I remember when I, I met Mahmoud, we were talking about, it was around the holiday time. Yeah. And when I, single mom raising my son, we would always research, what is this country? How do they celebrate this holiday? Or how do, mm. you know, or do they celebrate? What do they celebrate? What food do they eat? And we tried to, tried to open his mind to nice. your world doesn't end at the bottom of that driveway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there. We need to respect them and understand why they're doing what they're doing so that, you know, they'll understand what we're doing, why we're doing it and create some memories and develop some friendships. We'll Absolutely. break bread. I bet you'll understand each other a lot better after you've had a meal and had a chance to talk. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, Kyle, are you there? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> okay. What words of wisdom do you have for us? I mean, what would you tell people to do? Um, I mean, people are like pent up. They're angry. <laughs> and I just, what do you tell people to do? And COVID hasn't helped. What do you right. tell people yeah. to do to calm down and, and, you know, get a different outlook on life? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the guys from, from Tucson PD kind of hit it. I mean, I, I think partially people need to be uh, open to, you know, other ideas and thoughts, right? Have that discussion, have that group discussion with people um, and, and be open to it, right? It seems like everybody is so one-sided now um, that that's creating a lot of the controversy, Um so, I mean, other than that, I don't know. I'm not sure that I really have the answer to it. Um, but, I think yeah, everybody needs to go to charm school. <laughs> 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 and I think that would help a lot. Um, right. I know you're involved with um, the youth yes. and the police department. Tell us what you do when you are, you're not in the school, are you? We're not assigned to the school. Okay. Uh, we'll go in there. We've, we've reached out to a few schools. Um, just kind of starting basically kind of our own little pilot program going in there. Uh, what we've done, we dress, I mean, we're dressed down right now. We're not in uniform. We, we rarely wear uniform, but we dress according like we normally do, go out to the school. So they'll see our badge. They know that we're officers and we just interact. A lot of times it's at lunchtime, just doing a, a quick pickup game of basketball, talking to the other kids are just standing around. Hey, how come, how come you guys aren't playing? Engaging with them and, and asking them, it's like, what's your feelings about the police? You know, we're out here, let you know um, who we are, where we grew up, uh, the three of us that go out there, uh, Detective Dana, uh, myself, and Detective Gill, uh, we go out there, we speak to kids because we grew up uh, in rough parts of the neighborhood in Tucson. Uh, so we try to educate them and say, hey, we come from the same places that you do. We, why we decided to do the job that we do uh, is another thing that we do in giving them that information as to why we did it. And asking them, what can we do to bridge the gap? You know, we know that there's a lot of negative feelings, especially in the youth, towards police because of what they see on social media, what they see on the news. So we're trying to bridge that gap and show them that, hey, not all, not every officer is like that. Um, and some things can be misconstrued. Yeah, we have amazing law enforcement here in Arizona. I mean, you guys are, and gals. You got you do it all, and hats off to you, and thank you for your service. And thank I you. know the FBI. We've got some amazing people with the FBI too. I know some of them. I don't know Kyle. I know him now, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you just it's a very rewarding job. It's a hard job, but it's a very rewarding job. Yes. And 
are you hiring, Kyle? Are you are you FBI hiring? Yes, yeah, we're we're always hiring. So uh, even through COVID and everything, they're still putting uh, cadets through the academy. So yeah, in all different backgrounds as well. My background before joining the bureau, I was a CPA. So uh, <laughs> we have a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah, they you have to have a college degree to be in the FBI, but it doesn't Correct. necessarily dictate what you're going to be doing once you get there. <laughs> Is well, find there's something. a lot of different ways, yeah. And you, and not everybody's a special agent. They have different, you know, fields. That you know, I right. I remember touring the lab. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yep. So they've got a lot of different things you could be doing. Is TPD hiring? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're constantly hiring, and uh, with TPD, you know, you just have to be uh, 21 years of age and and uh, a high school diploma. So. We need we need good people, and uh, we we always put that out also with our youth outreach. Just letting kids know, hey, if you want to, you know, if you see some stuff you don't like um, on social media, or you've seen things in the past five years or so that have that have um, been um, you know incidents um, that have been questionable. If you want to be a part of the change, this this is your opportunity. You know, so yeah, be the change that you want it to be. Absolutely, yeah, because that's. You know, instead of sitting on the sofa complaining, get up and do something. Yes. Make make it positive, but do it in a positive way. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to go torching the church or the school or whatever. <laughs> uh, so tell me about the, how long does it take to become an officer with TPD? Well, there's um, there's a basic academy, and I always get, I don't know if it's 16 weeks now, 20 weeks um there's yeah, they may also, have changed to 20. Yeah, there's, sure. so you, you go through a basic academy, and then um, you have your field training, and uh, and then you have your probation time. And so I think roughly after all that, what is that, roughly? 18 like two, months. Yeah. So that's that's quite a bit of time. Yes. It is. Well, it it kind of flies by because you're, you're learning on the job, you know. And, and every day is different. Yes. Well, every, if, every, every incident is different. If, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If, if yeah. you don't like being bored and doing the same thing day in and day out, join the police department right. become part of the solution too and i know that tucson police now has you know a lot of community resource officers that, oh, yeah. that, are, that are out there as well and uh, you know correct me if i'm wrong but i think they can be at 18 and, and be in that role yes yeah yeah it definitely gets your uh, your foot in the door yeah. um if you decide to you know eventually become a, an officer from there that's a great start starting point so what is it called the youth program that they have Explorer program. Explorer program. Yes. Does the FBI have an Explorer program? So we have, um, we do have a teen academy um, where we invite teens to come in. We put them through different uh, lectures and instruction and things like that. But we engage with the youth. It's it's not necessarily an Explorer's program, but we do have things in place that are very similar. Okay. Nice. So, you know, if people, like a summer program, is it something kids could do during the summer? Yeah, I would have I'd have to check the Teen Academy. I think that runs maybe in the spring or in the summer, but yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't want your kids sitting home not doing anything. Put them to good use. Yes. Put them right. in the Explorer exactly. program or the teen program. Find a program for them to learn the right thing. Yeah. They'll always learn something. They'll learn they love it or hate it, but they're exactly. going to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they won't be sitting home with the... Xbox or whatever it's called. <laughs> cell, <laughs> cell phones. And yeah. Cell phones, all that happy stuff. Yeah. I think uh, 
you were talking, how long have you been on the department? Uh, since 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2002, so 20 years. So you've been on, and you, Dana, when did you start? Uh, 2004. So you've got a little bit of time in. Yeah. And you, we were talking about training before the show started. They don't put you in front of the TV and have you watch NCIS. They actually, <laughs> they actually teach you stuff. So this is something everybody should be doing. Mahmoud, how long have you been in Tucson all your I, life? I was born and raised here. And I, I can tell you, I absolutely love this community. And with a brief stay in Phoenix, and with now you're back. With a brief stay back. in Phoenix, now I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you mentor students. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, you know, and, and to connect it all together, you know, the outreach that TPD does for schools is important, specifically with the youth that I work with, is because they come from different backgrounds. You know, some of them are refugees from different countries. And for some of those students, when, when, when in their home countries, when they saw police officers, that wasn't a good sign. It wasn't someone that they can go to and, and really seek help from. Yeah. Um, sure. So it's, it's always an amazing feeling when they have a, a, a interaction with a police officer in, in Tucson and they see that difference. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Um, you know, they, they see that the, they're, they're community partners, they're advocates for the community. They're, they're you know, playing basketball with them um, where, you know, that wasn't the case when from the countries where they, they came from. So it, it's a, an amazing thing. Yeah, and that's where, like Carlos mentioned earlier, we definitely try to connect that way with them as well because, you know, Carlos, myself, and Gil, uh, we all grew up in you know, poor size or, or more challenging uh, areas of Tucson. Um, and, and when we saw the police, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because they were wanting to come and interact with us in a positive way. It was because someone was in trouble. And so, but a lot of, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to, like we said, bridge the gap, change um, the perspective on, on police and let uh, people know that we do a lot more than just get people in trouble, you know, or, or take people to jail. You know, take there's a lot of, yeah, jail, yeah, there's a lot of educational components and, um, you know, attempts to correct people's behavior, to level with them, to talk to them, uh, to just to try to get a, a feel of what's going on, maybe in neighborhoods and different things like that, uh, that take place too. So, Okay, if you have any information about any crime and you want to stay anonymous, you can always call 88CRIME or download the P3 app on your phone, any phone, and that actually works internationally. So... You can be, you know, right on your telephone. Just report something, and you'll never be called to court. Nobody ever knows it's you. The police don't know it's you. Nope. And, you know, life is sweet. Life is sweet. Absolutely. So I want to I thank Kyle. Thank you for calling in. And thank I want to thank um, officers here. And Mahmoud, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for and having us. Don't yeah. forget, next week we've got the uh, a tax expert. That's going to be a fun show. So if you've got questions, don't know what to do with all those Bitcoins, he's going to answer all your questions. The number will be 790-2040. You want to get your taxes done early with an expert, he's going to be here for the whole show. So until then, shop local, stay safe, and thank you for your service. Thank, thank you, Sherry. Thank, thank you, Sherry.